0: you're tuned in to positively terrible i'm producer dan and each week my buddy scott and i discuss surviving and thriving after trauma it's a journey that started when scott his wife's fiance and her boyfriend walked into a bar this week's decent fucking human is m she's got a fucked up story about her husband's double life settle in my terrible listeners today's episode is going to be positively terrible
1: Hey Scott, hey M. Hello. Hey everyone. Welcome, Em.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that that intro, that sounds familiar, uh spouse's double life.
2: Yeah, you know, we've got a little bit of a, a something that pulled <laughs> us together, maybe. Like it was kind of one of those things where uh, you know, we had a we had a mutual friend and she was like, Oh, wait, <laughs> hold on, you gotta hear this story. And she starts telling me and she's like, No, 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 wait, hold on. <laughs> just, y'all talk here y'all just talk and we were like whoa everything just kind yeah. of aligned right. we're like why are these two crazy people not with each other instead of making us
1: miserable <laughs> all right <Why>? emma, <laughs> emma I, I like the teaser here i think we want to get a few things out first but i think that was great <laughs> a, a nice start to it we've got people's attention right now i think <laughs> But the 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 housekeeping stuff I think we need to get out of the way real real quick. We've done a lot of work this weekend. There is a new Instagram, there is some updates to the Facebook, there is a well a YouTube page, so we're working a lot on our social media. Uh we've got some shirt designs that we're working on that are going to be pretty fucking cool if you ask me. <laughs> We've got some professionals on this and everything. It's not just us in the lab. but Real together, pros. Real pros. They're the ones who designed our logo. So we're going to go ahead and do a bunch of stuff for the podcast because this has been just kind of, a, 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 I've said it in the last couple of weeks, an amazing journey so far. And this is our first one that's live that since the, you know, before the, the well, before I had to put a pause on things uh, back in 2021. So Uh, We're really excited to be back behind the mics and and interviewing someone today.
0: Absolutely, we are. (laughs) Definitely, we are. Yes, we are. I think I said absolutely like seven times. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. (laughs) We've got some fucked up stories and decent human beings and all of that. And we are... Probably ready to go. Oh, I had one more thing, one more thing. The email. Uh if you want to tell your fucked up story, if you think you have one that you would like to be interviewed about, if you, you want to can... be trauma
0: bonded with Scott, email <laughs> us.
1: At the podcast at positively terrible.com dot com. But uh you can contact us through any of our social media too, which it's all at positively terrible. So whew, got that out of the way. Hi. Right. Em.
2: Hi. Hey, how you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Was that where you wanted me to take it, producer? Take it away, Scott. I am. How? how I think we already went through that. we're
2: off the rails. Off the rails already. Hey, this podcast uh, is gonna
1: suck. Em, uh, did you ever think that we would be on the rails when you and I start talking?
2: I mean, you know, structure, I guess, was out the window.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry. I, yes. I tried. So. So, I mean, welcome. I'm very pleased to have you here. And
2: this is where know? I always thought I would be. <laughs>
1: <Hey>. <laughs> well, you're. So t- today's really going to be an, an interesting interview. And as we've moved away from my story a little bit. Because of time, I mean, you know, in the last episode, Bill said that time heals all wounds. And, you know, I'm not in the same place I was 18 months ago when we were recording. And when we started the podcast, it was about me. And even when we interviewed people, we talked about me too much. And Francis even said (laughs) he's like too much in Francis yesterday or today when we went to the new gelato shop, he, he told me that he's like, you know what I heard when listening to my episode? He's like, you're talking about cancer. And then you're talking about your sex life. He's like, you don't do that. Don't do that. And I told him that I even fast forward through the parts where I'm talking when I listen. So today <laughs> I'm going to try to get out of the way a little bit. However, this is, and you're you're kind of important to my story and yeah. it'll become quite apparent very quickly. And you teased the story a little bit. That's where I was going to start this and just say, you, you know, Em, how did this happen how did we come across the story and, and and learn about each other a little bit so do we want to rewind back even further though to kind of how we know each other a jazz fest <laughs> uh is it was it jazz fest or was it the the wedding oh, i can't yeah. remember which was first
2: ja- no jazz fest was first okay was it yes no. jazz fest was first
1: no. okay, well, those are unimportant details it was <laughs> it was down in uh the uh the the city of New Orleans we've met there a couple of times
0: mm-hmm.
1: one I'll say that uh was more or less my bestie and her bestie getting married, and we met and had a grand old time
2: on the coldest day ever it was <laughs> oh yeah.
1: The, yeah. they, I mean, they literally told us that the fiddle player's fiddle wouldn't really work if it got like one degree colder. I think yeah, it was like thirty like, three, we three degrees that down. day.
2: It's not working out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we met at that wedding or at Jazz Fest. I don't know which order, but I think we had a, a lot of rapport. We became kind of fast friends early, but also had almost no communication throughout the years in between and, and some occasional Facebook correspondence or whatever. All right. And then... On my end, D-Day hits. Players one, players two, players three. (laughs) You're D-Day (laughs) hitting. I went ahead and as I like to talk about, I I decided to share. And in this instance, you were one of the first instances that just made me realize how important that was. Um, So, you know, I told, as I said, my bestie married your bestie. So I told my bestie, He told his wife, story made it to you, (laughs) and why don't you start from there?
2: Well, I think the whole, like, why it's important to share is exactly why my story is kind of strange, because nobody knew anything. No one, I don't think anybody realized or acknowledged or accepted anything was wrong, except for me, because even the person that was doing it didn't acknowledge that it was wrong, so...
1: Okay. So, so you mean during the marriage
2: <clears throat> yeah.
1: or, or even after,
2: even, even after. So okay. during it, at, you know, while everything happened, I mean, right. I didn't share. So when I finally got to talk to you, when I finally told me what was happening, the way, or the way that it happened
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: is she came to me and said, Hey, he, his wife has done this really weird thing. She's, something's Mm -hmm. wrong and she's trying to explain the story to me but she's not quite sure of all the details so she puts me in touch with you and the reason why i wanted to talk to you is i was scared for you i was like i've i've been through this and some of the things that she's done just feel really icky and they worried me for your safety Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and that's kind of why i was really like compelled to reach out and and tell you what had happened and and she she also i think said something like at first you didn't want to immediately pursue divorce or something like that or you were just trying to file some kind of way and i was like oh frick no uh-huh no <laughs> absolutely not like file
1: that shit protect your shit she's right. messed up okay and i and I didn't file right away no you didn't <laughs> that, 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 that that's okay and I, you know i've had this conversation with people multiple times where they had said, "Well, if it was me," and it's like, "Well, it's not you." Right. right. I mean, this is me and my life, and th- I didn't know what was going to happen, and I thought I could lose everything, so I wanted to at least like have my summer and just not not stress out. Yeah. But yeah. Let's let's <laughs> you know I, I'm I'm gonna keep steering it back to you though because I love to talk about myself, and you leave <laughs> me these openings, and I'll I'll just talk <laughs> about myself. Yeah,
0: no, fine. And.
1: So your your bestie, let's let's call her your bestie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, called you and told you something something weird. But did it in? Did she kind of give you enough that you knew it was similar to your story?
2: Yeah, she gave me enough where it was it was similar enough that I thought, okay, this is this seems strange. But you have to understand at the time, still. People knew that I had gotten divorced and people knew what had happened in the sense that I wasn't with my husband anymore. But mm-hmm. people still didn't really know the story. And even though this is my best friend and I tell her everything, mm-hmm. I still hadn't told her everything. So she's like, oh, wow. I don't know, your stuff sounds weird. His stuff sounds weird. They sound similar.
1: Yeah.
2: She wasn't sure. And okay. by putting so- me in touch with you, it, it was, it kind of helped, actually helped me to, to come out with it and, and just, stop being quiet stop being quiet about everything that had happened so that was kind that, of therapeutic and that it, it it helped me talking you know to you to to talk about
1: it and I was going to say the same thing and I, I <laughs> sorry dad I wanted to just jump in and I wanted to say to you that to know that I wasn't alone and to find out I wasn't alone within days of this happening mm-hmm. I mean how, we, we, we it was you me and bestie, it was a three-way call on the phone. I was in my backyard for like a couple hours mm-hmm. and we were laughing and giggling like a couple, like a bunch of kids. Yeah. And yeah. you know, not crying. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and, and I crying. think that, that was
2: important because I mean, I, I <laughs> it had been a little bit removed oh. from my situation, but it, it's, it, it's still right. today. So raw. So it didn't seem that far off for me. And I think, I mean, my divorce was final in August of 2019 and okay, God, when did this happen? <laughs>
1: like, this was in 2021. It was yes. about August of 2021 so it, is when that been was happening. It's a hot
2: minute since like the official, you know, judge's gavel yeah. came down and was like, nah, you're finally divorced right. from this person. But people don't understand that that gavel means jack
1: <laughs> shit when
2: you're dealing with a crazy person.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> and that's, I'm gonna
2: that's it. <laughs>
1: okay yeah it it, it, it's wild all right Um, all right so you
0: guys met and now you're (laughs) friends and you talked on the phone and it was great and nobody cried this has been a great podcast so far but (laughs) okay m yeah when tell us tell us a little backstory when did you get married how did you guys meet Give us, so, give us a little more ab- ab- about your life and about this relationship, how it started.
2: It started in... I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm really bad with dates when it comes to being a girl. That's we don't my favorite dates. thing, that's, but it's like... T- that's okay. 2010, 2011-ish.
1: Okay.
2: I want to say um, okay. around that time. Uh, we met... I was on a blind date with this other person. We went to a sushi place uptown. And... The guy was boring. I mean, like I was falling asleep. <laughs> like I, I was, I was, I never like sitting at the sushi bar and I was wishing I was sitting at the sushi bar so I could talk to the chefs. Like I just, I was dying. <laughs> it was horrible. And we, okay. we couldn't get out there fast enough. And he, he got up to go to the bathroom and this guy that was sitting at the sushi bar looks at me and says something witty. And I was like, do you want to get out of here? And he was like,
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah. And so we left. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's probably not how you should meet people.
0: <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> how you should leave your dates.
2: <laughs> right. So karma really kicked me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> to that guy whose name I don't know, but it did start with a J cause everyone that I was like dating at the time started with a J, whoever you were.
1: Sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: So that's, that's how we met. And then we started dating, but like at the same time I was dating, I was dating a bunch of people. Cause I, I didn't, I, I was like, I'm not going to be serious. I'm going to, I had gotten out mm. of a long relationship with some guy and I was just going to do that thing. You know, all, all the women are, I don't know the, the traveling pants thing, whatever.
1: <laughs> so you went on a date w- with them or just a couple dates yes. and you wanted to to take it slow did is there a moment you remember where you realized that you wanted to I, I don't know if I want to say to speed it up or become exclusive or oh no or I, actually, there- I
2: actually um almost moved to California with a different guy Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So I almost moved to California with this other guy. Uh, and he was aware that I was dating the other guy. He didn't like the fact that I was almost, almost moved them. I I was more serious about the other guy, Mm -hmm. but he moved to California and he, he was just kind of, I don't know. Once he was gone, I I was done. So I started seeing my future husband more, but I remember him sitting there. Like he picked me up at this it started early. Like it all started very early, but he he picked Mm -hmm. me up and he was bound and determined to make me pick him after the guy had already moved. He was like, you know, he's already moved. So you should just pick me. You should just be with me. Mm -hmm. Just be with me. Be with me. Be with me. Okay. Whatever. Till I just finally gave in. Um, And I Mm. actually, I actually ended up moving into his house before I'd ever even been to it. Because wow. I'm dumb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he so told me if you t- want to
2: know the how old was I questioned? Young. I was stupid.
1: It was in my twenties. <laughs> <20s. laughs> well, he so he you, you said it started early. And what do you mean started early? Like the the pressuring or like he just wanted to
2: Isolating control. Isolating okay. control, just manipulative. Okay. The gaslighting, everything started so early with him. Okay. That it became, it, at the end, I just, I saw nothing until I finally just woke up, but it just and, never, never would have, it, never would have of, guessed it happened to me.
1: <laughs> and in an, it, I get that and feel that as, as well. And in, in and of itself, you're young, you're dating someone, and he's saying, pick me, that other guy's in California. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound terrible in that scenario.
2: Oh, my God. That could be like the the running theme. That one
1: particular thing didn't sound so bad, which is a right. summary for everything he did. <laughs> in, in, in a lot of people, and, and that's the way, you know, I'm not a mental health expert, but that's a lot of a way a lot of people with like personality disorders operate. And I'm not suggesting he has one. I'm not in the place to do that, even though you might feel that he does. But a lot of times they do things that when they do them to you, you know, something's wrong. But when you tell them to someone else, it sounds bizarre. Well, it, it might. It doesn't always sound bizarre. I mean, it might sound bizarre that. Oh, well, because like I just said, it doesn't sound that bad. He just he's the guy's in California. Of course, he wants you to pick him. He likes you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's how people would respond if you were saying, "Oh, he's trying to control me. He's he's trying to to manipulate me."
2: Until so, you say something like, "And then I find spyware in my car <laughs> and in my purse, and he's mirrored okay. my phone, and he's and then you like, as the sure. words come out of your mouth, you just realize,
1: How did I get here?
2: I sound crazy.
1: Oh, and that, So you yeah.
2: stop. Telling anyone what's going on because you realize you sound
1: like not. There's the shame factor, which is one of the biggest repeating, recurring themes that that we have is that shame factor. So, right, you move in. You you hadn't been to yeah. I
2: move in. I move in. I lived with him for four or five years before we got married. Okay. About a year before we got married, we bought a nice big house out in the suburbs, and. When I say a nice big house out in the suburbs, I don't mean the suburbs that my family and friends live in. I mean my suburbs on the other side of the city where no one I know lives. So I, we moved out there. Beautiful. I literally had a picket fence and mm. you know the dogs and the works and everything that I wanted. It was great. And
1: Did you think at this point that you're living the dream or were things still like, yeah, there's something off here?
2: I never admitted anything was wrong to it that was wrong until it became so wrong that I couldn't ignore it anymore. Okay. So... You know, to outside, every, everybody at this point, they're looking at us and we've got that picket fence and we live on the golf course and, you know, and we're this great place where everybody's got these beautiful lawns that are, you know, meticulously cared for and it's mm-hmm. what everybody wants. Instead, on the inside, I'm losing my mind because nothing's working out the way it's supposed to. Something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but I know mm-hmm. I'm alone a lot. And things start to fall in place and things start to just become so obvious that I can't ignore anymore. And then one day I get up to go to work and there's a baggie on the floor, like a little corner of a baggie on the floor. And I like lean in and I look at it and I'm like, I pick it up and it's got brown powder substance in the little corner of the baggie that's tied off and then burned. And I'm like, well... (laughs) Are you kidding me? And I had just managed to grab it before our dog put it in his mouth and swallowed it. Which would have (laughs) inevitably killed him because it was heroin.
1: Okay. And I'm like,
2: okay. I have a bag of heroin in my hand. I have a bag of heroin in my hand.
1: Did you realize that it was heroin at that moment?
2: I knew it was drugs. I Right. Right, right. You know, and it was like brownish, whitish powder. And I knew like I didn't I knew that he had some friends over to game that weekend and I knew that I didn't like how they looked and I knew (laughs) it sounded suspicious and things were wrong. But at this point, I had a couple of things that were adding up to drug use. There was some Mm -hmm. past history with it. But this is a bag, a substantial bag of freaking heroin in my house. And I go to the kitchen counter and I put it down and I take a picture of it and I text it to him and I say nothing else because I didn't know what to say. I'm shaking. Right. Like my dog could have died. How would I even, I wouldn't have known what it was and I would have taken him to the vet and then I would have been arrested for freaking giving my dog heroin. Me. And I didn't do anything. I mean, there's all kinds of things going through my head and I text him this and he writes back, oh, that's, I don't know, whatever his friend's name was. It's his, which not is, mine.
1: Which still doesn't make you feel that much better. I don't
2: give a dang, damn that it's your friend. I. Why is your friend who's using heroin in my house? Like, what? What? No, this is not who I am. What? I don't.
1: No. So, did you believe him
2: that it was his friend's shit? No, mm-hmm. no, absolutely not. <laughs> At this point, the minute that happened, I was like, okay all of those things that I had been seeing for now, 10 years that I'd been with him, you know, we'd been married not well. I'd been with him now at that point for yeah. 10 years married for five. And I was like, all those little pieces just kind of fit. And I was like, this is it. I'm done. My eyes are open. I can't ignore this anymore. Okay. No matter how I try to resolve this, my eyes have to be completely open. I can't do this. So okay. he tries to say this you know, is his friends and I don't go to work. I go through the house. I find all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you know, I confront him. You have a drug problem. What's going on? And he's trying to lie about this, that, and the other. Says he doesn't have a drug problem. It's fine. And I shouldn't worry about it. Okay. At this point, money's not missing. (laughs) Give that a couple weeks.
1: I was going to say at this point, I, I heard that. <laughs> yeah.
2: At this point, money's not missing. Give it a couple of weeks. I had opened a loan, uh, a line of credit on one of our rental houses so that I could get him the motorcycle of his friend who had passed away, wanted to buy it for him so we could have it forever. Wow. So I opened this line of credit for like, I don't know, 10, 15 grand, only needing $5,000. Sure. And then I go to take out some money in january and it's gone all of it wow i had a thirty thousand dollar line of credit and it's all gone and i'm like oh so then my brain's like run back run back run back drugs all of these things that are happening where are these things going and i'm like broken glass and all these this and that and the other and this is weird this is very strange okay this is just the drug aspect. This is just me dealing with the drugs, not all the other well, crap he's been doing, and, with, just the drugs.
1: And, and that's what I was going to ask. I'm, I'm glad you said that because drug addicts are human mm-hmm. and it's it, it it's a disease, right? This and is
2: before, yeah, I figured out the other part.
1: Well, well, and, and that's what I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it, what was your first reaction that, oh he needs help or was it
2: okay immediately okay. so i called some resources that i had and got in touch with the head of the psychiatric department for one of the major hospitals down here and i got him immediately placed into a rehab situation got him in everything was fine put him in for the weekend and they immediately uh released him like they they released him so they're like nice charming everything's fine it's great He's good. So. Okay. That so was a personality
1: it. he was, he was able to convince them that, oh, I don't need to be here. Is that what you're saying?
2: Correct. He didn't need to be I there. Did... He wasn't a drug addict. He was just working on it. That was fine. That was the first time.
1: Okay. And so... did this cost, did this cost money or was it out of insurance or
2: <laughs> the first time I paid for it out of pocket, I paid okay. for everything out of pocket. Okay. The second time I ran it. Through What's that
0: over. cost? Give or take. Out of
2: pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For four days. Yeah. Uh, twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's a fair amount of money. That's a fair amount okay. of money. Now you just you know pissed away thirty thousand snorting it up his nose, but I just pissed away twenty six thousand trying to get him clean, and they just kind of kick him out and say he's fine, and you know he just needs to go to AA meetings like every day. Okay. <laughs> sure that's gonna
1: work so they so they so they suggested what he could do right do yeah yeah, yeah. and i I mean how long did that last did he go and at least pretend like he was going to take this uh, try take it seriously
2: yes didn't last very long so that's when that's when he tried and he he tried to act like it was going to work i have a suspicion that this is when he lost his like started to get in trouble and started losing his job i know at one mm-hmm. point he was like dealing with people that he worked with i don't really know a lot of the specifics it gets dealing bloody kind of
1: meaning dealing drug selling or like yeah, dealing yeah, 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 okay
2: but what got did he have me, like so... did he have
1: like a good job like a, a regular
0: decent yes. job
2: yes yes he had a very good job um he'd been doing the same thing for a very long time and there was never a reason we should have ever had. Been broke. There should have never Mm -hmm. been an overdrawn or an 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 issue with any of our finances. We were living perfectly within our means. Okay, but it's around this time when things start to kind of unravel, and I guess in his mind, the drugs start to where he can't keep all of the things together, and I start finding things. So I start finding weird things like lighters that aren't lighters that don't light that don't have a button that. Uh, things in my purse i find things at my office i start finding surveillance things everywhere and i don't know what's going on like why is this happening is this a jump drive what is this and i finally like bring it up to him and he denies it he denies everything Mm
1: -hmm. and then
2: i start finding more and more and more things
1: so at this point when he's denying it um are you buying it i mean this is this gaslighting. Or are you starting to think? I, am I? Yeah. What's going on? I, okay.
2: So every no matter what I say, he's like, I don't know what that is. Why would I know what that is? Why would I have anything to do with that? And, I, and it's like the same things I keep finding. And he's like, you just keep picking mm-hmm. up the same thing and putting it in your purse. Or you keep finding the same things. Or that's so you're, nothing. In, and
1: and you're, you're 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 literally questioning yourself at this point too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like
2: well, maybe I haven't thrown it away. I mean, I'm I'm working. I'm sleeping at the office all the time. I'm working constantly, working on my career. And I'm, I'm, I'm never home because I'm literally at work trying to be a mm-hmm. successful human being. <laughs> I'm trying to like better myself for us so he doesn't have to work as many hours as he does. Okay. Whatever. So it finally, I get a phone call from one of my clients, one of my really, really big high-ticket clients. And he pulls me and my boss into an office and tells me that someone has called him and asked why they had any dealings with my full name and who they were and why would I be calling them. And then the guy's like, uh, you know, I don't know who this person is that called me. Here's the phone number. I've made a police report, blah, 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 blah. He didn't even disguise his own phone number. And he called one of my clients and like harassed them. And that was like the first hard piece of evidence that I said, okay, this is him. This is him. He's doing this. He's trying to like ruin my career. Why is he trying to ruin my career?
1: What's happening? Do you know what he said? Really? Is it anything that you can share?
2: Do I know what he said to the guy? Yeah. Yeah. He, he asked why he was fucking me. Why are you fucking my wife? Yeah. And then the guy's like, um, what's your wife's name? Like, what's, what's kind of, what's going on with that? And, and and he says my name and, and then the guy goes from, and he says the company that I work with. And he's like, I, I work with her and you know, I work with her and you know, he wasn't, he wasn't taking it. So he, I think he threatened her or something like that. I don't know. They made police report,
1: but. And did he know <laughs> that this was someone that was a work relationship That he thought had gone, or did he just think it was some guy?
2: He was convinced that I was screwing everyone that I worked with. In fact, not only was I having sex with everyone that I worked with, all of the attorneys that I worked with as well, I also had my own driving delivery service, like Uber, where I was picking up people and driving them to their destinations and having sex with them on the way.
1: This is... Hold on. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure I'm following. Mm -hmm. You were not doubling as an Uber driver.
2: No, I had at this point in time, I had never even been in an Uber in my life. I didn't have the app, (laughs) nothing. But I was not only I was not only driving for Uber, I was also screwing while driving, which is quite talented. And if that was a thing, (laughs) I would call it Scruber. Thank you very much. I I think that
0: could really be a successful service.
1: Hey, I was just going to say that it positively terrible. We are very sex positive. So if you need investors, I mean, or anyone to just kind of come and give reviews of this service. (laughs) I I can't speak for Dan. Dan's married, but I am very, very single right (laughs) now.
2: Well, once Scruber finally gets, uh, you know, some funding <laughs> and up off the ground, I'll, I'll be like, I'll let you know. Second, obviously, I'll have to tell my ex-husband first so I can confirm all of his
1: conspiracies. And, so- and just to make, make this clear, though, I'm not harassing you. I'm saying, you know, get a driver for me. Okay. I'm, I'm not coming on to our guests here. Okay.
2: Consensual. <laughs> yes. yes, yes.
1: <laughs> all right. By all means. By all means, yes.
0: <laughs> now so oh, can you confirm that you were in fact not screwing everybody you worked with?
2: I was I was in <laughs> fact not screwing anyone that
1: I worked with. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: Is is hand hands down, emphatic no, I was not screwing <laughs> anyone there. And the funny, like we were, I worked in an industry of mostly women. There were a few attorneys that I worked with in the office who were my underlings. So I'm not trying to, you know, lose my job and and, and get fired for essentially screwing somebody that I'm, I'm their supervisor. That's dumb. Also not interested. Also married.
1: (laughs) But well, we both know that doesn't mean the same thing to everyone.
2: I, yeah, but I didn't realize that I was in a position where I was driving screwdriver. I guess I didn't know I was cheating.
1: So. <laughs> so this, so he talks to this. I'm sorry. You said it was a client. It wasn't even like somebody at your company. No. So he it was talks a client. to your client. Yeah. And how do you? What do you say?
2: I, I'm so. I mean, you've heard some of the things that come out of my mouth embarrassment isn't usually an emotion that I'm familiar with, but sure. deep embarrassment and shame, deep, mm-hmm. deep embarrassment and shame. Cause how am I supposed to explain? Like at this point, nobody at my work has any idea that there's anything wrong with me or my marriage or anything. Sure. I sleep in mm-hmm. the office all the time, but that's just cause I'm a workaholic, you know? Okay. So when they're like, Oh you could potentially lose us this giant client because your husband is apparently a psycho. I thought I was going to lose my job. I was terrified that I was going to lose my job too. Um, Mm -hmm. And not just that, but I'd worked, uh, I worked to have a reputation in, in the parish. So if that was something that got out, that could potentially ruin any jobs, any clients that I have that ruins my side work. So, I mean, it just, it was, it, it was potentially something that could have ruined my life.
1: Okay. And it sounds like the side work was not Scruber.
2: <laughs> no, it was not Scruber. <laughs> <laughs> sadly. Sadly, no. Probably would have made more
1: Okay. Money. So did <laughs> you have to, I mean, w- were there like meetings? Were there sit downs where you had to talk about this? Or was it kind of behind <laughs> the scenes where they just said, oh, Em, this happened and then
2: at the yeah at that I mean my the company that I worked for was a uh, was a family-based company and I was pretty much like the one of the top people. So once okay. it happened it happened we didn't have to have many like HR meetings or anything like that cuz luckily we didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> at Will State they'll fire your ass for whatever.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: So, you know, it just kind of was hey, hope your husband doesn't threaten any more of our clients. And I hope you get to keep your job kind of thing. Okay.
1: So there was heroin. Then there was theft of your finances. Yep. Then then there is this is this is this incident, is this like chronological here? Is this like
2: I have no idea. So 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 full disclosure at this point, we are currently going through some serious like therapy and my timelines are screwed up. So we're just kind of in the soup of it. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me; it's all, but you have to also understand that everything came to fruition for me all at the same time, too. So that's kind of why.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All of a sudden, those those kind of phone calls, I start finding notebooks full of phone numbers, full of phone numbers, and they're like crossed off. It's terrifying. I have photos of it, and it's like written in different pen, so you can tell that like he's been taking the phone bill. And just going down and writing down the phone bill and calling people and, and like crossing them off and then he'll have a name by it. He'll have a name like drawn and then lines all over. I'm telling you, it reminded me of the walls in the movie Twenty Three. <laughs> like it got it got really scary. And yeah,
1: then it started. It sounds like
2: it. it. It started. I the and more was I he, dug.
0: W- w- was he generally like a jealous person? Was that normal? Like, I don't know if normal is the right word, but.
2: I know before. It was never presented as jealousy. And I think that's where the beauty of gaslighting is. And the beauty of what, you know, we were saying where everything is little and that everything sounds so benign because when you take these little things that he does, no, you know, it. it it's just, did he seem jealous? No. Did he make my life a living hell if I wore makeup? Yes. And you start putting those things together where, okay, so I wore makeup every day to work when we first started going out. And then I started not, oh, well, you look, you look prettier when you don't wear makeup or why are you wearing makeup? Do you have a big meeting or these constant questions to wear? Then it just, you get tired of explaining yourself. So you stop doing that, that little bitty tiny thing. And then, oh, okay, well, we're going to move out to the middle of nowhere oh okay that's fine until suddenly you're isolated and there's nothing and you realize you have no friends and you have nothing and you haven't told anybody and you're scared to tell anyone because if you do where are you gonna go and then I realized like it wasn't just that I was isolated but I was in danger because when I started looking at those videos of that the people that were over and the drugs and I started panic. looking and paying more attention, I realized I think that he's possibly selling drugs or there's just a lot of drug trafficking through the house or there's movement. This could definitely take my job from me just being on the property. And then when I started confronting him about it and asking him to detox, those types of things made him even more angry. He wanted to detox at home. He wanted me to detox with like, be there and help him detox. And I just felt like I was constantly in danger, constantly in danger when I was trying to get him through it.
1: When you say trying to get him through it, at this point, is that still how you're viewing this? If we can get him through this, things will be normal. Yeah. The, the, this is drugs. This, is, yeah. this isn't him.
2: Right. I keep thinking like, at this point i haven't given up like i'm like mm-hmm. if we can solve this drug thing everything is going to be fine every it's going to fix all of these problems that we're having in the marriage it's going to be fine you know all of the, the the slight things that he's doing with jealousy he didn't want me to go to my therapist therapist who was a man he didn't want me to get talk to any of the attorneys that were men Con- always these comments about how oh these people find you attractive these people want to talk- like trust me, no one at work found me attractive. When I walked into a room at the time, people were getting fired. Like nobody wanted to be in a room with me. Like It wasn't that I promise. So, I mean, he just, it came out like that. this, was he jealous before? No. But then everything changed. It's like everything changed. The person that I thought I knew changed. Everything that I thought I knew about him changed. It turned out Uh, he hadn't had the job that I thought he had had. He'd been lying about where he was working. He'd been lying about who his friends were. He'd been lying about where he went during the day. I mean, everything that I thought I knew was a lie. He would sit down and talk to me or talk to his therapist or write in the journals and do the assignments that he was supposed to do. And he's actively lying while he's doing the, the, the work. And I realized this person isn't anybody that I knew. But it was only through those drugs that I started to see it. And the more I kind of questioned it, that's when I started to get, that's when he started to become really, really possessive. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't leave and I shouldn't go anywhere. And I started to get my, my, my movings, my, anytime I moved, I was tracked and he had audio and he had video in my car.
1: I want to jump in here and. I don't know if I'm, if, if how good my poker face is right now, but this is hit, hitting like hard right now. I was going to ask the question, but you said it. I, I think your words were something to the effect of, I didn't know him. Yeah. And that's the messed up part.
2: That's the hard part to kind of convey and that people don't understand is, you know, they're like, well, why didn't you talk to any of his friends or why didn't any of his friends tell you? Because I didn't know them. I had no idea who his friends are when his best friend died. That was it. That was the last handle that I had on anyone that would talk to me and actually tell me anything. I didn't know who these people were. One of them looked like a garden gnome. The other one looked like a crackhead. I don't know. The other one looked like MGK. I was like, I don't know, like <laughs> not knowing is the thing that I think I struggle with now the most because the person I thought I knew never existed. And that's, that's kind of the the difficult thing. The drugs, I I was trying to blame the drugs for the longest time. And then I realized that that wasn't, it wasn't the drugs that made him do the things he did. Uh, He was always going to do that. That's just my relationship.
1: In my relationship, it was mental health it was depression. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm, and, and this is real. I mean, I'm getting emotional here because this, this hurts mm-hmm. it, it to, to think that you're married to someone and realize like sometimes people ask me questions and my response, I don't even wonder anymore because I didn't know her. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because the person that I thought I knew didn't exist so I'm not going to speculate about anything that she's done, anything she did, any reasons why she did things. And
2: I think a lot, but a lot, and, and that that makes it hard, though, because we want we want those answers. <laughs> we definitely yeah. want those answers because it would make it a hell of a lot easier for us to deal with it. Yeah, we just well, don't I, get them.
1: <laughs> I, I kind of interrupted to to throw that in there, but you started down the path of recordings um right so that and you know I, I want to hear more about that so
2: well I think how, it, how
1: did you start figuring that out
2: it was the lighter the first thing was the okay. lighter I had okay. this this purse and I was going through my purse and at work one of my coworkers needed something and I'm looking I have like a Mary Poppins bag of everything and I pull this thing out and I'm like eh, that's weird and I can't flick it. So I kind of toss it to the side and I don't think about it. I put it in my desk and another one pops up in my purse and I don't think about it. And I put it in my desk. Then I noticed that my phone started to get hot. Like my, my, I had an Apple cell phone and my phone would get hot all the time and I couldn't figure it out. I kept saying there's something wrong. I don't know what's going on with my phone. It's overheating. And I think we needed to, to get it look at that. And that made him really excited. I was like, Okay, cool. So I uh, because you
1: were buying because you were buying in, like, okay,
2: no, like because now he has an excuse. Like I my something wrong with my phone. Go take oh, it. Go oh, fix it. So he.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant that he put something on that was overheating it. He did. And I thought.
2: So he oh, did. Okay. So I had the my original iPhone at first that I had. He had taken while I was in the bathroom, and he had put some spyware on it. And I and most people don't realize that cheap, effective. Apps for spyware cost less than five dollars. Good, effective apps for spyware, less than ten. Super effective ones, less than a hundred bucks, and it takes less than five minutes to put most of them on your phone. So all your husband needs is your password and your code, because of course I gave it to him. Why wouldn't I? He's my husband. I go to the bathroom, he puts it on there, and guess what? I never find it. So every time I wipe my phone, because something's wrong. And every time I wipe it, I back it up to the cloud and then I just Redownload that app every single time, so my phone keeps overheating
1: and that's scary that it's affordable for everyone, and I know that everyone knows why we're here to talk about this. This isn't about selling uh, spyware apps and right. trying to make sure it, it, it it's protect yourself if you think something is wrong
2: keep looking yourself
1: it's it's that easy so so
2: so I I'm like, I don't know, I've, I've now wiped my phone a million times, I can't figure out what's going on. And I keep looking online, and it's like, if your phone's hot, it might, you might have spyware on it. Or, and I'm thinking, I've downloaded something, some stupid, like, Angry Birds app or something, you know? Nope. So, I give him my phone, I was like, figure it out, because I hate all things tech, and I'm not going into the phone <laughs> store. Figure it out, get me a new phone, whatever. So, okay. he's happy. Because now not just does he have to deal with my old phone and putting something on it. I've given him permission to bring me a brand new phone and put whatever the frick he wants on it. So I got a fully loaded bullshit phone that was mirrored. So he had one phone and then he had another phone. That looked exactly like my phone. Anything I typed, he had access to. He had access to my phone. He had access to my pictures. He had access to my camera, my microphone, everything.
1: Was was he a savvy guy? How did he know how to do this?
2: His best friend is the IT specialist for one of the major, major leading health industries in the South. And his best friend doesn't give a shit about anyone's privacy. So I just taught him whatever he wanted and that's how he did it. Cause that's, that was my question all along. Like he can't be doing this. Like he's never, I never see him on a computer anywhere. How is he doing all of this? Funny you should ask, you know what meth does? <laughs> Keeps you up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you got lots of time to research. Okay. So. All right. So that was one so of the if there's things. There's a
1: will, there's a way.
2: Where there's a will, there's a way. So that was one of the things he had my. Now, keep in mind, your iPhone also has your location services. So he saw everywhere that I was on my phone, but that wasn't enough. Oh, no. No, no. That wasn't enough. So then he had trackers in my car. No matter how many times I searched for those goddamn trackers in my car, which there were, I couldn't ever find them all.
1: Now, I think that. I think that actually answers the question that I was about to ask, which was, did you know, I mean, you, you, how did you know? Did you know it was being mirro- mirrored? Did you know that he was accessing your, t- or was he keeping things quiet for a while?
2: He kept things quiet for a very long time. And when I found out, I, when I found out and put him in the hospital, the April before I left, the April before our divorce was final, when I put him in the hospital at that time in rehab that's when I found all kinds of evidence. Like I found like a hard drive and I found all the papers. That's how I was like, I'd found little devices before, but I didn't know the scope of what they did. I thought the little devices that I found here and there were just like picking up audio for, you know, like if you had a old tape cassette that we used to use back in the 90s if you went to college and you like recorded Mm -hmm. the professor i Mm assume that that was the extent you know once the battery runs out that's it no for like five bucks it's audio activated so these things go on for days at a time they charge really quickly then the things that you can hook into my car to show my location those last for weeks at a time i don't know how many times i had to drive to gas, like oil change places and beg the guys, can you just put my car up on the rack so that I can take this? I wish I even, I had it over here the other day because, you know, you're crazy forever after this. But I had one of those things that you scan underneath your car and, and through a room and you wave over things to, if it beeps, you've got a surveillance system. I had to do that to everything I owned, everything, my purse, my shoes, my clothes, my car, anything that I touched forever. I had to do that for. I didn't have a place to go because of things like that. He sounds was like getting lice. It, yeah. I mean he was he was constantly there wasn't an aspect of my life that he was not watching. He had cameras on me inside the house that watched me in every room, including our bedroom and my bathroom. There wasn't there just wasn't a time that I that I wasn't under surveillance. And was
1: he watching live? Did he know real time
2: yeah yeah he would comment and text me things that i was doing and if he didn't like it and he would get mad at me if he was in the shower and i was sitting on the sofa like checking facebook he would check the cameras to see what i was doing if he didn't like what i was doing he'd ask who i was on the phone with or all kinds of crazy things
1: so there was a point then when he didn't even try to hide it anymore
2: yeah oh yeah yeah, towards the end, he was done. He was like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, he just full out crazy. I think it was after, it was after I discovered he was a flat earther.
1: (laughs) That was the limit, guys. That was it. We have found M's limit.
2: I was like, all right, I'm done.
1: Dad, mom, listen, I know
2: we don't believe in divorce. (laughs) We're Southern Catholic, but this guy's got to go. He's got to go.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, I needed that, though. I needed I needed to to let the air out for a second because this is this is intense. And I I will say that when you said when you put him in the hospital, I was really hoping that it wasn't rehab or detox that uh, that that you that you were able to, you know. Give him a little beating. No, sorry. I I, I don't advocate for beating spouses, but in some of these scenarios, self-defense, I I was hoping that, you you know, you had to give him a right hook.
2: Funny that you mentioned that. So did the police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when he finally, like, stopped hiding everything, that's when we just went into, like, full-on crazy mode. Then we just, we weren't hiding anything. We weren't, well, we were hiding the drug use because he was trying to convince me at this point that he wasn't on drugs, which... I really hope he was, because if he wasn't, then we have a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. So this is when he just he did things like I I had silver door handles on my SUV and he would wipe them off. And if somebody put a fingerprint on them, that was one of my scruber. (laughs) clients i guess because he constantly would be like there's fingerprints on the door on the back door handle who was in the back door with you what were you doing in the back of the car i don't i don't know how do you how do you justify where your door handles have been all day when you're at work like i don't know what they've been up to i was working but it was like it was shit like that that i was getting in trouble for and when i say he would make my life miserable people are like well what would he do What kinds of things would he do? Because he seems like such a nice guy. Everybody was always such a nice guy. I don't know how many times I had to hear Mm -hmm. about how charming he was. But he would wake me up at three o'clock every night and keep me up. And he would yell at me and yell at me and yell at me and lecture me and keep me up. And I'd be strip searched. And I just, there was always hell to pay. There was always hell to pay. If I did something he didn't like. I was going to pay for it in some kind of way. There wasn't going to be a beating. I was going to pay for it in some kind of way.
1: So you're isolated. You're lacking sleep even. Yeah. Oh, I'm completely,
2: I'm completely broken down. Now, this, this lack of sleep thing has been going on for over a year. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty complacent, which is funny because when you talk to people, I'm pretty hard-headed and I do whatever the hell I want. So when mm-hmm. I tell the story, people are like, but it's you. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's how it happens. <laughs> but he, he'd been doing this for a while and I just got tired of fighting. I, I, it was so much easier to just do whatever instead of fight anymore. I didn't feel like I could tell my parents, you know, Southern Catholic, we don't get divorced. And there was a lot of shame that went with the whole thing. Not only would I have to say that I made a mistake, I married the wrong person, it's not working out, he's on drugs. Everything that I've been trying to act like is great isn't great. JK sorry yeah. mom and dad and i just yeah. that was a lot looks- I, it was a lot for me to 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 want to try to deal with but i i finally got to the point where i'd left so many times that i couldn't lie anymore and this one night i'm coming home and i'm rushing home i stop at the grocery store to get his whatever for dinner cuz he doesn't eat leftovers the grocery store is at the beginning of the street it's a mile and a half street at the end of that. At, and at, as you're going down at the first left, that's our house. So it's not, it's a mile and a half from the grocery store, right? I stop, I get the groceries. I'm on the phone with him and I get in the car. I'm like, okay, got to go. I hang up the car. I leave and I drive to the house. He looks at location services. And tells me that I took eight minutes to get from the grocery store to our house and that there's no reason to justify that. I clearly had to be having sex with somebody in the parking lot of Winn-Dixie. So I'm standing at the door trying to get past him because I have to go to the bathroom. And I keep telling him I have to go to the bathroom. Please get out of my way. I have to go to the bathroom. We can fight about this later. Please get out of my way. I have to go to the bathroom. Please get out of my way repeating myself, he wouldn't let me. Finally I push past him and I run to the master bath and I sit down and here he comes in barreling into my bathroom. And I, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you why are you he, like, what do you what do you want from me? We can fight about this in like five seconds. Can you just give me a second? And he's like, no. And he pushes me back on the toilet and grabs my underwear and takes them and starts like feeling them. And he's like, see, see this, see this. This means you were having sex. This is what that means. I know what this means. I know what this means. And I'm like, it means you stood in front of me and you made me pee myself because it couldn't get to the bathroom. And he's like, no, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. And it says something vulgar, I'm sure. So I get up cause I'm like, this is freaking ridiculous. And I'm pissed. I'm so mad I'm just mad because I'm having this fight again. I'm constantly having this fight about me having no affair with this person that doesn't exist. And I get up and I walk five feet into my bedroom. And he pushes me down on the bed and gives me an inspection and tells me, see, this is what it's like. You've, you've had sex. This, I know what it's like when you've had sex. You've had sex. And I managed to pick up my phone at some point and dial my sister and flip it over so that she can hear everything that's going on. And she's listening as he's just going on this mad tirade. And he's just making no sense. He's just screaming. He's standing over me. Now we have a giant, massive bed, massive headboard. He's standing over me. and I swear to God, it felt like he was towering. And it looked like his eyes were turning red. And he's just getting more angry and more angry. And I'm butt naked, sitting on this bed, listening to this man scream at me for the umpteenth time and just praying that he's going to just calm down and leave the room and that my sister's calling 911. That's the only thing I can think. And it's going on for hours. And at some point he leaves the room and he's walking around in the other part of the house. And I'm able to like flip the phone over and talk to my sister. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I am scared to move. I don't want to get up and put clothes on because I'm afraid he's going to rip them off. And I don't want to not put clothes on because I don't want to sit here naked anymore. And I don't want to be here anymore. But I can't leave because the doors to exit the house are that way. And that's where he is. And I'm stuck. And I don't know what to do. My sister says um, her husband's on the phone with a bunch of people. Trying to, to find resources for me, and that there's a place that has a bed if I can get to them. I, I just have to get to them. But I have to get out of the house first. I don't know how to get out of the house. My keys are in the living room. I don't want to go in the living room, so I, I can't leave. I don't know how I'm supposed to get out. <sighs> I guess he needed cigarettes or I don't know, drugs. I don't know. But I heard his bike leave the garage I heard the, the <clears throat> and him take off and I called my I, I picked up the phone and I told my sister that he left and she was like get out get out get out get out get out get out and I picked up a clothes hamper that was sitting by the bathroom and I left and I left and I, left. And I, I had put on my clothes and I just took that in my bag that had my work stuff in it and I put it in the car and that was it And I start driving down the road and I'm hysterically crying because I'm terrified he's coming back. There's only one way in and out of this subdivision. And we're in the middle of the swamp. Like I can't go left and right. There's no other place to go. It's swamp alligators, swamp alligators. What do I do? So I just keep driving. I get down to the end of the road where there's a red light and there's the highway. I can go left to the parish that's the middle of the swamp. I can go right to a parish that I know is inherently not going to help me. What do I do? So I take a right because I have this brilliant idea. If I go this way and he starts following me because he still has my location services, I can duck underneath a bridge until I can find somebody that can help me on the phone. Great idea. So I go, the sun starts setting. I go to take a right and here's his, here's his bike. I'm I'm so close. Here's his bike. And he starts following me. So I start driving very fast. And he's following me and I'm crying and I'm I don't know what to do. I'm on the phone. I'm calling 911. 911 tells me that they can't help me. I'm not in the right parish. They transfer me to another parish. That parish tells me to turn around. That parish tells me to go somewhere else. And that there's no police at the police station, and that I can't go there. The best thing that I can do is go to the Walmart parking lot. Okay. Go to the Walmart parking lot. Which Walmart? They tell me the one by my house. I said, the one by my house? The one by my house that my husband always goes to? That sounds like a really stupid idea. Is there another place? Is there, I don't know, any other Walmart? No, that's where they're at. Go there. We'll send a police officer to meet you there. Okay, cool. So I go to the Walmart parking lot and I pull in. I meet a police officer, two police officers, man and woman. And I tell them what's going on, which consists of me saying things like, hey, my husband's been stalking me through technology and he's mirrored my phone and I can't use my phone to call my sister or my family. Or anybody that I know because he's going to know. And I can't go to my sister and my family's house because I'm in danger and he'll go there and he might kill them too. So I need to go to the safe house. Well, where's the safe house? Well, I don't know. I have to call the safe house. We'll call the safe house. Okay. But I can't use my phone because if I use my phone, he's stalked. He's stalking me. He's mirrored my phone and they're looking at me like I'm crazy, like I'm absolutely. Bad shit out of my fucking mind crazy. And I don't blame them because I sound crazy. Like I sound bad shit crazy. Yeah. You know? And um, the, the chick, the, the lady cop, she finally decides that she's going to believe me. And she's like, I guess I can let you use my phone. I call the safe house and the safe house tells me, I can't have police bring me to them because cops are notoriously wife beaters. So they can't know where the house is. So now what am I going to do? Jesus. Right. So the cops are like, well, we can't escort you per them. So you're going to have to go by yourself, get in the car, blah, blah, blah. Cool. I get in my car. The woman says, I'm going to tell you the instructions stay on the phone my phone on my phone so he's you know i don't have any faith in this Mm -hmm. as i'm pulling out of walmart there's his bike right behind me so i've got cops behind me i've got behind me the cops pull him over in like the popeye's parking lot Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and they tell him that they are bringing me to a safe house in the parish and I need you to remember what I just said, because that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Because for the next I two that. weeks, drove a grid of every single street in this parish until he found where I was staying. And then I got kicked out of the safe house and the police wouldn't file any charges on him because I didn't have a picture of him in the driveway. <laughs> I. uh I have no faith in police officers in case case anybody's wondering, especially in that parish.
1: I think that given your circumstances, I can certainly understand the the lack of confidence there. And this, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, so he finds me there. And you think, okay, well, that's, that's pretty good sleuthing, right? He didn't, he didn't use technology that time. He, he went by the grid. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, I get kicked out of there. And the fun thing about when you get kicked out of a safe house is it's not like they're like, go to the other safe house. There's no underground railroad for battered women. <laughs> You're just kind of shit out of luck. Once you get bounced out of one, it you got to this... wait for another bed to open if you can find one. And there's not a lot down and at
1: this point... At this point are you even while you're in the safe house are you still scared or do you do you think he's going to find you? I'm absolutely you? You think, terrified every are, single day. Okay.
2: I have a burner phone. That's the only phone that I'm using at this point. It's a little flip phone. I'm operating on cash that people that my mom and my dad and my sister Put together for me. Like I, I, I'm seriously like trying to live as off the grid as possible. But keep in mind, I have to go to work every day. So, mm-hmm. what am I gonna do? He's gonna know where I am. My company can't run without me. I had an integral part. Like, so he knows where I am every every single day. So I just start going to different different offices every day. So now I'm just commuting like constantly. But he, he starts, yeah. He's still following me. When I got kicked out of that house, I I didn't know where to go, and I immediately left and thought, well, I'll go, I'll go further north to like East Baton Rouge or Baton Rouge Parish or something, um, West Baton Rouge or Acadiana Parish, thinking high population there. You know, maybe that would be better for me to hide out. And he hates the cities, so I went there. I stayed in um, a hotel room for a week. And he found me in the hotel room. How did he find me in a hotel room? Great that you asked. My dumbass posted a picture (laughs) on Facebook that had like a sliver of a corner of the picture, showed the carpet in the hotel room. And he went to East Baton Rouge Parish, pulled up all of the hotels, and looked at the hotel room photos until he found the carpet that matched. And then sat outside of the hotel until I came and went to work. Then convinced the hotel people to tell them what room I was in. It never ends. <laughs> it He's never certainly ends.
0: tenacious.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're bouncing around from one person to another. He's got everything that you can possibly imagine. He's calling my mom. On my phone number, he's texting people from my phone number. Now he started text. He started um, stalking one of my really good friends, telling her he really likes her new tattoos and weird, creepy things like I hadn't even seen her tattoo. You know, really strange things. He's starting to weird out everyone I know and further isolate me so that I didn't have any places to sleep or go. And I stayed on the road for a very long time. You know, a lot of people will tell you anything you want, anything you need while you're going through this just let me know. And those people disappear real quick. (laughs) Some of them stick around, but for the most part, there was a lot of nights that I spent in my car because it was just safer for everyone involved.
1: Was there a point, do you remember what point it was when you decided that you had to start living, taking your life back? having i mean it sounds like it's not all the way back because you're off the grid but you had to get into a permanent living situation and you can't just avoid going to your family's house because
2: it was
1: he might show up
2: a long time um it was a very very long time i i probably spent a year moving around probably about a year moving around until i went finally to my parents back home to my parents house i lived there for a little bit and then, honestly, I didn't really stop my whole running nomad thing until a week before COVID, <laughs> when I moved to New Orleans. That that's really when I stopped running. And even then, I didn't feel safe. He was still he was still doing shit. Even then, he found out that I had moved to New Orleans, and he was doing the same thing that he did in St. Charles. He was doing the grid. And he would post pictures on Facebook, which was funny. He never had Facebook be- Facebook before. So he was doing that so that I would know he was looking.
1: To communicate with you.
2: So, I mean, it just, it never stopped. The The only reason I think it's even stopped now is I think he's too far gone in his psychoses to even keep up with it himself. He's, he's not the same so person. It's a complete and utter mental... Decline, and, and I think that what people don't understand is, yes, there's drugs, but there's also drugs and, and, and mental disorders. And I think that mm-hmm. this is one where they, they both inter, interconnected. And I think people are so, so quick to listen to somebody say something like, oh, my wife's cheating on me and she's, you know, she's driving around with Uber and screwing people and they're like, oh, I guess that's plausible. Because he's not saying anything about green Martians or some shit. They don't think that there's a mental disorder. They don't think that there's something wrong. They don't look at it any further. And another thing that they didn't do is they didn't think that he was a drug addict. And this is my favorite part. When I would tell people he was on meth and heroin and all this stuff, they're like, he was fat. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, there's, 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 there's there's clearly a lot of misunderstanding. Misunderstandings about addiction And right. drugs And and mental health and personality disorders And, and all mm-hmm. of that And you know At the start of this we called you a decent fucking human And we expect People to operate within that range right. You know when things start to get So far outside that's when You're using the word crazy a lot I'm trying to stay with wild or, or whatever but I it's,
2: only use that word in the terms For <laughs>
1: I understand that. I, I very, very, very much have said that. Said things about my ex that I would not use in in other scenarios. And, and I'm not picking on your words. The the important part here, M, is the story, and we want you to tell it the way that 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 it feels. And
2: discombobulated.
1: This is certainly, you know, it, it's scary. It's sad. It's it's a lot of things, and i mean the the biggest thing I can say is that God, I'm so glad you're safe
2: yeah I, i'm 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 finally to the point where I don't feel like I have to you know carry a gun everywhere that I go. Well, I mean, you know,
1: now you just do it right? <laughs> I'm like
2: now I just do it because of you know I, <laughs> <laughs> not for a specific person but I mean it's taken a very very long time and it's not it's not something that that you know when you when you're with somebody that's lied about every single aspect of their life it's hard to really trust anything it's hard to trust yourself because ever I I doubt myself how can you not you know how can we not doubt ourselves when we think we knew this person so well and then we're like holy shit what a lying sack of crap. <laughs> like,
1: I still feel like I'm a good judge of character. Right. Too.
2: <laughs> I, but Scott, you say that and here we are and we've formed a uh, council of, of people <laughs> that should be allowed to tell me who to date.
1: <laughs> Clearly, I am not. Oh, yes. The listeners, the terrible listeners don't know that this is an actual council. This isn't anything uh, that we're making up for the podcast. Uh, we get, oh, well, we actually, I think the lack of texts to the council, unless you've removed me from it, says a lot about where you are today. Yes. Things are going well in your yeah, life, right?
2: things are going really well. The council kind of got dismissed. We've, we've decided on a candidate, so... <laughs>
1: Is is it dismissed or was it a successful conclusion of our job there responsibilities? You go. Successful
2: conclusion of job responsibilities.
1: <laughs> well done,
0: council.
2: <laughs> it was. It was a really tough job. I gave them some really shit candidates. I'm
1: gonna be honest. There, there was some shit co- candidates. There was some stuff that. I, the way M I, I tells stories sometimes that i wasn't even sure i understood exactly what i was supposed to be doing uh, however uh i just kind of nodded or it was over text i just agree with whatever other people said and uh it was nice though i don't get invited to many group texts so uh it it was nice and and you know it's The the things that I had to go through to end up on that council, though I don't no 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 really don't
2: have someone completely upend your entire life and you can get on this (laughs) shitty council.
1: (laughs) But so so let's talk about that though. You've you're you're in a much better place. Maybe not. I when I said safe earlier, that might have been overstating (laughs) a little bit, but safe enough to have a residence to not be living completely nomadic. You. I, and you've got a, a partner. I here. do. I've got
2: a partner. He's got a little girl that that, that that we've got. Okay. You know, everything's going great. Doing the, you know, the, the cute lunches with the, the glitter and the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, I don't know exactly what the lunches with glitter is, but I think producer Dan might. He's got a, I, how old? You, you, i got a six-year-old. She likes glitter. Out. I don't know if much yeah, gets in her lunch. Okay. But
2: yeah, I'm telling if it does, you it just falls
1: out of her hair. hair.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, so, it's kind of interesting because, you know, he's, he's dealing with me dealing with all of this because I have not, I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest, as far as my mental health goes, I have not paid any attention to it. I have been in fight or flight um, since 2015. Okay. And I still mm-hmm. have a lot of problems with that. Um the minute he'll remotely like disagree with me, my fight or flight kicks in, and I'm like down the road. sure, you know, taking him off because i I just shut down. i I get to a point point where I start to try to explain or argue. And I feel like nothing I say is ever gonna sink in because I had so many arguments with my ex-husband flatter mm-hmm. um <laughs> that I was never going to win and I just feel like every argument is like that so I shut down and I just you know I run and he's got to deal with that aftermath thing you know I I with me but I am for the first time finally sitting down and dealing with it which is yeah. hard <laughs>
1: so i hope your I hope your your plan for sitting down and dealing with it isn't just to be on oh, podcast no,
2: no, no. like I'm doing some heavy lifting, so we got into <laughs> therapy, I've got like a whole bunch of things going on, Hell, oh, yes, you know I'm doing it the right way, he's also going yeah. to therapy for the same kinds of things because when you're be your he's, new partner, mm mm-hmm, and he he's recently divorced, so you know that there is no way that we get out of divorce without some kind of you know scarring, so he's going therapy for Mm. his and um it's funny because the way that we argue the things that trigger him are the things that trigger me so when we argue we're both like "Ah." so (laughs) we realize really quickly like i'm gonna interrupt we gotta fix that
1: (laughs) i i i want to interrupt real quick though but you just said something amazing you know what triggers him you know what triggers Mm -hmm. you yep that's an incredible place to get to it's an incredible place I to get to. I think with and this,
2: with, with him, the difference here is, you know, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, uh, the first date we went on was so that I could tell him he was stupid. Um, he was making a decision in his life that I thought was dumb. <laughs> and so I went there just to tell him he was being dumb. And then we've been together ever since. Right. So we're pretty honest All with right. each
1: other. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And, and and I have found that I'm more much more deep Deep, have a deeper understanding, and I hope you know. I don't know where we are comparatively on our journeys, right? Yours has been a little longer, yours was a little more uh, longer ago, yours is a little more intense Mm -hmm. too. And I have begun to understand exactly like, what are my triggers? Why am I angry? Why am I, dude?
2: The why am I angry one kills me because man, it'll rush up on you, and you're like, (laughs) wow. I did not see that temper tantrum coming. I need to have a talk with myself. Jesus.
1: Right. It wasn't really because he left the two out. Right.
2: I don't know. There's
1: something else. Why
2: am I yelling at this man about the toilet brush? (laughs) This is stupid. Yeah.
1: Oh, the toilet brush, maybe. I mean, (laughs) you know, but that's awesome. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, it's it's all about just trying to, to work through it and, 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 having somebody that sits down and listens and it's, trust me, it is not always easy to have somebody to to talk Mm -hmm. to about it or to listen to, to, you know, have them listen because it's, it's, it's gross. You know,
1: sometimes, sometimes it's hard to be a well-adjusted human being sometimes, (laughs) or at least on your way to a well-adjusted human being. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's it, but what I mean by that is it's easy to just, you know, not work on yourself, not think about it, not understand to run away, to tell people to fuck off, whatever you need to do. And you can still do some of that, but at least you're understanding a little bit more of why and how and, and, and all of the stuff that goes into that type of reaction. And a
2: lot of it is, is I have to learn to forgive myself. And that's really where I'm at right now. That's what I'm trying to work on. And that's the hardest part because I don't know how to forgive myself how did i miss all of these clues how did i keep my mouth shut Mm -hmm. me who never shuts up how did i keep my mouth shut (laughs) for this long and not say anything and why did i do it and analyzing those types of things i don't do those things again and that when i see things like that in my friends i can help them and that's i think that's the part that really that I really kind of struggle with is when I see people that are in similar situations that I know are being meek or being quiet. And I just kind of want to just go to them and say, I know you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking that you can't say, and if you say people aren't going to like them anymore and I'll just say it. If something's wrong, talk to someone because if it's really, really wrong, it makes it a lot easier to talk to a lot more people. And when we isolate ourselves away, it becomes second nature to do so and to just stay isolated Mm -hmm. away and not say anything.
1: And I don't, and I I do want to point out that there was a lot of work of some by someone else isolating you. It it wasn't, it wasn't you isolating yourself and, and maybe for whatever reason you allowed it to some extent Mm -hmm. and you know, you've got to discover those reasons and, and understand yourself. Yeah. And And just, I think that I think you're 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 kind of stating the lessons that I've learned, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, I think you and I are going to have to have another phone call. (laughs) You, you, me, and you, me, and your bestie, I think, are going to have have to have another three way call (laughs) and talk through some of this some more because I do have some thoughts that I don't think I I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to sit here and try to give therapy (laughs) advice, but I want to tell you more about. You know what? What I recognized in me, and, and how that might be able to apply to to your life as well. And I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I've I've gone from and and I'm I say that in general at this point in my life, but I'm talking about this conversation we're having, and I kind of want to turn Dan's camera off for a second because I want to like look you in the eye and and talk to you as a friend. And and Dan Dan just turned his camera off and. <laughs> Hearing all of this, I'm so fucking proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. I am so fucking proud of you. This is, I mean, if anyone knows, it's me, but it's not me. I mean, yours yours is, there was no, I know you said that you might, thought my life might be in danger. And I did too for a very brief period of time, but you were living your life and it was I can't help but think it was in danger. It sure as shit sounds like it was, it was in danger. It was
2: it was I mean, definitely in danger. It, it it was definitely, you know, I it it I had a lot there's a lot that I, you know, I can't and I have I'm not ready to talk about, but there was a lot yeah. that that you know definitely <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm just so so I I'm I'm so happy you you made it through, but I'm also so happy that you t- talk to me and we had that me call too. and and it's changed our relationship and it's it's it made me realize i wasn't alone and it sounds like it helped in the same way
2: very we much
1: dan you can turn your camera back on i i know that he turned it off at my request but i think that he actually got up to get a drink or something uh but his hand is up dan is your hand up on yes. purpose
0: i just wanted to see how that worked <laughs> i'd never see the hand up on this thing <laughs> Okay.
2: We have a webinar at work All that right. you can take. It's about 15 minutes
0: too long. <laughs> so is this
1: podcast? So I'm.
2: I'm...
0: <laughs> Did you guys take that? Up?
1: Did you guys? That was perfect. But I, I think I think producer Dan's making a hint here. He likes Wrap to, it up, uh, y'all, you know, do make give give us the signals. No, I I, I but, honestly,
0: and this is been a hell of a story it's a fucked up story for sure yeah (laughs) can i ask one question yeah where all right so is this your your, is your ex just like living behind a dumpster smoking crack like in total psychosis is he in jail
2: see all of these things are what you right no none of
0: them (laughs) Those are the only two things that I could think of.
2: No, 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 no. That is everyone else's ex that do drugs. No, 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 not mine. No, 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 not mine. Mine's living rent free at his dad's girlfriend's house. Fuck.
0: I mean, that does yeah. have
2: he have its no own gas. kind of
0: pitiful, horridness ring to it, though.
2: I mean, it kind of does, especially if I told you the city that he was living in, you'd be like, Meh, okay, not that great." But <laughs> it's still infuriating. <laughs> like everybody else, they're like, "Oh, well, my ex, you know, they they they've either they've they've really done well for themselves and you know, they've they've straightened their life up or ooh, it's not so great." No, 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 mine's just living the the life of leisure <laughs> for free. <laughs> Jackass
0: i that do is, drugs and live on my dad's girlfriend's couch for free
1: yeah yeah i mean yeah
0: yeah i don't know i don't i don't think I that's know, a life i'd be proud I,
1: of i mean i wouldn't but i think i knew a lot of 15 year olds who might have thought that that's the life mean
2: like him and his 20 friends on call of duty are probably like stoked about it man
1: <laughs> well <laughs> when you
0: say it like that 19 yeah. of them are 15 right yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh shit! I hope I didn't bust your ears out with that laugh right into the mic. It, was, it was a good joke, producer Dan. I like that. Too funny. <laughs> Jesus!
0: Like, like that's a roller coaster. I feel yeah. like I've I've been through I've... something,
1: and I just sat here. I feel like, but I I feel I feel like I sat sat through something, but that's what I'm saying it. <laughs> Ended up in a great place. It ended up in a great place. I'm walking out of here. As I exit uh, the terrible studio Southwest, I am going to leave in a good mood. I got to talk to my friend, hear about her story. She survived. She's thriving. She's in therapy. I did not want to ask that question, uh, but I am glad yes. to hear it. <laughs>
2: I don't, I don't want
0: anybody on this show that has been through this kind of shit and doesn't have a therapist <laughs> <I'm
2: just> like, <laughs> if you're not on therapy by the time you sign up, you must be by the time it
1: ends <laughs> yeah we 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 actually do reference checks usually with <laughs> yes, the therapist.
2: that's a great idea
1: <laughs> all right, so Dan and I share a therapist he's he's doing great work <sighs> and uh yes he I, is I'm hoping i i'm 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 hoping that you're as happy with yours as as we are with ours. And if not, I think it's a good time to remind everyone who's listening that therapy, you know, it's it, it recovery in general is not a straight line. Get a fucking therapist. Right. If you, and if you don't like him or another one, get a different one. Find the one that works. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks for coming in today. Really appreciate it. Anytime. It takes a, (laughs) A lot of courage for someone to share yeah. their story. And I know it's not easy to talk about. And, you know, I, I, I've i said to some other people, you know, I'm, I I don't like this word. It sounds kind of corny, but I'm honored that people come on and are willing Indeed. to tell their stories. <laughs> try out humble. That's and always a good one. My favorite. <laughs> I'm humbled. I'm humbled that you're willing to come on and, and share your story. You've proven today that you are a decent fucking human. <laughs> Who acts within the range of decent fucking humans? And that's why you're here today. We're happy to have you. And as always, this has been absolutely, positively terrible.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I met you back at I I was nervous and stressed
0: because I thought you were.